Hello, everyone. My name is T. Wright. I am with Kendall McKee. We are bringing you episode nine of State of the Division AL West edition. Kendall, a little excitement for you this week, my man. We have a change in the standings. So as is customary for us, we will talk about the standings each week. Kendall will give you his power rankings. We'll go through MVP and LVP versus both offensive and pitching-wise. And then we'll do a little card buy and wrap it up. So we got a little bit to unpack this week. Um, teams didn't play a whole lot. Well, they played they played between five and six games. So, yeah, they did kind of have a full slate. But let's get started with the standings, which we see something that's a little bit unusual this week. So uh, Houston sits atop the standings at 37 and 24 as of the filming of the show. They go two and four this week. And then we have our Texas Rangers taking over the number two spot in the AL West at 29 and 31, seven and a half games back of Houston with the best record for the week going four and two. The Angels at 29 and 33, eight and a half games back going two and four. Seattle 27 and 34, 10 games back going two and four on the week. And then Oakland rounding out the five at 21 and 41 16 and a half games back one and four on the week so i'm not going to go too much into the standings i'll let you do that during the power rankings but congratulations on texas moving on up to number two they now sit i think two and a half games out of the wild card if i'm not mistaken uh boston has that last uh spot right now and so Texas sits two and a half games back, which is super exciting for you, Kendall. But why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about, or a lot about, your power rankings. Um, take it away. So it was, well, I'll just tell you this. It was everything I had in me not to put Texas at the number one spot again this week. I mean, like, I've just, I've been ecstatic with what I've seen. Uh, well, let me, let me refrain. Let me pull that back a little bit. I haven't been absolutely thrilled with what I've seen, but I have, I've, I've thought we've played good ball. Um, but uh, so I, di I didn't put them in the top spot this week, but it's close. It's a lot closer than than I think we want to admit, uh, or at least people that aren't me want to admit. <laughs> um, and so um, last week I followed up with the Astros first, Mariners second, Texas third, even though it was a close second, third relationship there. And then I had the A's um, and the Angels, uh, you know, because of everything that happened with the Angels, and blah, blah, blah. Well, this week we have we have uh, rounded out to a uh, a return to the fifth spot for the A's. Um, I just keep expecting them to go towards a youth movement. I just keep expecting them to like do something different than what they've done right now. And I'm, I'm I just don't understand what the A's are doing. You see, like maybe they're just waiting for the trade deadline so that they can move Loriano and kind of get Montas out. And so they can potentially have more horses that they're able to put in the team, I guess. But like, I'm just looking at this team and I'm saying, okay, Seth Brown was fun to watch this week. Okay. That's great. You know, like every time, actually every time Peter bet against him uh, or against the A's, he would hit a nasty home run and whether they, where he, whether he beat the spread or the, like, anyway, Peter was talking about it on his Twitter live space. He's like, I hate this Seth Brown guy. <laughs> so, um, but he was a home run machine lately. Um, tied for first, I believe in the, in the league for the week for home runs. 
uh, 207 WRC plus in a, but still he's striking out a ton still over that 30% K rate. I don't love that. Um, one and four on the week. If the score holds right now, which it looks pretty convincingly, Boston's got a pretty good chokehold on them right now. Uh, actually it went final. So they are, uh, they did go one and five. And so I, this team needs new something, you know, they need something. I don't know. The only reason why Shay Langoliers is not in this lineup is because Sean Murphy is one of the only decent players on this team, and which I think is criminal. Like, I think Shea deserves to be on this team. I think this team deserves to have guys like Pache, even though he's not good at all. Like, he's been terrible. I think at least you can say, it, as an Oakland fan, you have hope that he's 20-something. You know, like, but then yeah. you've got Elvis out there. They have Christian Bethencourt on the team. Like, that dude has been in the league and been a world traveler. I feel like he's been everywhere. Um, and, and he actually had a good week. But, like, does he have a good week in the expense of another youth movement yeah. not being able to play? So, uh, but then you look at their minor league system, and it's not good. So, you know, like, they expected Poisson and – and, and some of those guys, Pineda, to, like, be better and give them more time in the minor leagues. They can't just throw them into the major leagues. Um, but it, it's it's a mess out there. So they're fifth. Angels are fourth. Um, it's getting better, but still a mess. Um, you know, like, it's not as bad as it was a couple of weeks ago. They did get some wins. Shohei finally just came out and dealt. And, and it was, like, he got, their, got that 0-13 off their back. Um you know, impressively, Joe Adele did get sent down again this week, but he did have a pretty okay week for when he was in the game. Coming, he hit he hit five hundred. I ex, I expect him to play a lot this year, especially if the Angels are going to end up kind of throwing in the towel on this season again, which is a really big disappointment and kind of makes me feel better about what I said at the beginning of this year about saying like I'm just don't trust the Angels this Angels organization. Um, uh, Taylor Ward is back from the IL today, so maybe that'll pump like a little bit of something into this team. But they've got they're going into LAD, which uh, like this Dodgers series is not going to be pretty. I do not think it's going to bring the best out of these Angels, and I think they are going to come into next week with a big, big, big series on their hand. Is they have five games next week against the Seattle Mariners, who oh. actually are my third team. So the M's are at third. I like the way they're playing right now. I've watched a couple. I've watched more Mariners games than anyone else, other than Rangers, just because I'm so all in on on Julio, and I just love to watch him play. Like he's just a guy that I love to tune into. Um, that big five game series against LA this week is probably. I know it's a lot early, like we are way early, but I think this five game series is pivotal right now because both of these franchises really need to step it up if they're going to get into that wild card race talk, which both of these teams expected to be there. Now we are way far ahead or way far ahead of the end of the season. We're not even into after the all-star break yet. These teams both will probably make moves. I'm not saying it's, it, it's a win now mode or that's a must win game, but these five games are crucial. When you look forward at the end of the year, you might look back on this and say, Hey, these were big games. These were big games that were won and lost here. That might be really pivotal, um, but they, they, they had a pretty good week and they showed well against Houston. I know they didn't win as many as I wanted them to, but uh, I think they went uh, one and two against Houston, but they played good in those three games and gave Houston a little bit of a scare. So um, which brings me to my next team, Texas, Texas is at number two, but it's a close second here. 
And I think um, the only reason I kept them at second is because with all of the good publicity they've had, Marcus Simeon coming out of his shell, thank God, you know, like he is returning to the Marcus Simeon of old. We, we are seeing Ezekiel Duran, who EZD is who I've coined him. He is my guy. I've told you this. I'm so all in. I've bought three autos this week. I'm all in on this guy. I love watching him play, you know, like super excited about it. Um, unfortunately, though, Eli White has a really nasty injury in center field. Him and uh, so there was a day game. There's a pop fly and or a really good, not a pop fly. It was actually a drive in, in between uh, left and left and center, left center field. She's a really good drive. Culberson's out there as well. Not a great left fielder. They get tied up. The, uh, the sun is in their face. They just totally just dive into each other, literally. And uh, Eli White has a pretty nasty injury, uh, had surgery today and is out for the next six to eight weeks which is really unfortunate because he was really like starting to put some pieces together. Um, of course, he's always been a guy that's like could field and could throw, but you wanted him to come around with the bat. And he was, he had like four home runs this year, over 400 feet. So like he was really starting to put the ball together. I, I feel like he was just about to start really budding. Um, and so that that's really upsetting for Eli specifically, but it gives an opportunity for Leody Tavares to come back up on this team. And as a guy that the Rangers really wanted to be their everyday center fielder by this time already, he was super highly, uh, super highly ranked in the prospects uh, for the past five years. Like Leody's just been super highly ranked in the Rangers system, but just can't get it together at the major league level. He's killing it in minor leagues, gets to the majors, can't hit. Um, and he's super fast, super like throws really well, but he just doesn't put it all together. And the Rangers said once that this time they left him in the minor leagues and especially longer this year because they thought he was going to break camp and they brought up Eli instead. And the reason why they said that is because next time we bring Leody up, we don't want to send him down. Like we want it to be, that's it. Like we want Leody to just be the center fielder once he's up here. So they wanted it to get a really long, good look at him. And I think this is kind of Leody's last chance. Um, and so you're going to get a long look at him because Eli White's there. But we do have Bubba Thompson also in AAA, who um, is a very similar player. And all three of them had this profile of great fielders, great runners, great throwers, horrible bats, you know, and, and swing a lot of miss. So anyway, Texas has some question marks. Marcus Simeon, definitely give my thumb of approval. I would imagine he's in your talk later today. Um, but that brings me to my number one spot, the Astros. The Astros still are the best team in this division. Yes, they have struggled against some of these guys in the division, which I think is unique. And it's something that we're probably going to see come down the road, becoming really important games. But like right now, like we have a three run lead right now, currently, uh, as of the time of this recording on the, on the Astros. And it's, I think the eighth inning now, um, let me, uh, so pop up on the screen here, Buckaroo. John King is pitching. So, Buckaroo, is that is that your new word? I've heard no, that. I actually say that a lot, and it's just happened to come out several times in front of you for today. But um, I don't know. Apparently, they're just not going to show me scores anymore. But we have a three-run lead on Houston, and I'm not. I'm, I don't feel safe. You yeah. know, like this team. This team's good. And Jordan Alvarez is an uh, animal and Kyle Tucker's good. And Jose Altuve is still one of the best in the game. And, you know, you can't deny Jeremy Pena is still very, very good at baseball. I, but unfortunately though, 
I will tell you who I'm out on. I am completely out on Alex Bregman. I do not think they re-sign him in Houston. I think he is going to end up being one of those guys that is going to get paid a ton of money to go somewhere like Miami or something where somebody's just going to be like, oh, he's a great player. We're going to pay him a ton of money. And he's actually not what they thought he was going to be. And so um, I think Alex, I'm out on Alex Bregman, not a big fan of him Um, anyway, but uh, Astros are my number one this week. They actually, uh, interestingly enough, they had um, the least amount of home runs on the week, but they were tied with the, so, so they had the least amount of home runs on the week. They had nine. Uh, and then the Rangers had 12. So, or, uh, let me make sure that that's right. Uh, regardless. Okay. Let me, let me just go to go with this. Um, I don't know exactly how many Rangers had on the week, but I do know that the Rangers led the division in home runs this week and the Astros were least in the home runs this week, but they were tied for extra base hits Hmm. because the Astros had 16 doubles this week. Wow. So they, I mean, these guys, like you can just look at home runs, like, okay, you know, they're struggling there to Kyle Tucker's not playing great. Jordan Alvarez got robbed, I think twice by Adolis. Um, but then you look at everything else and you're like, these guys are still professional hitters. Michael Brantley's still on that team. He's still incredibly good uh, in, in their pitching is really uh, above average. I, I, we're going to go and we're going to go and say above average. Is this team going to win a pennant? No. Is this team going to win a world series? No. Is this team going to win the West? I'd like to say yes. Uh, but there's just so much, there's so much crapping on themselves in this division right now. Like just because the Rangers aren't crapping on themselves, they look really great compared to these other, the other three teams that are in this division. So, yeah, I know. I, I don't, I was just thinking, does this division just suck? Like, <laughs> yeah. In a big way. I mean, the, the, it's, I guess it's tough when you have the AL East, you've got four of the five teams that are sitting above 500. The Central's not great. They, they mirror the AL West in a lot of ways. Um, but it seems to be a little bit deeper, I guess, just from a subjective standpoint for me. Um, but just overall, this, <clears throat> this division is just super weak in a lot of ways. Um, but so recap, power rankings, Houston, Texas, Seattle, uh, L.A., and Oakland. So, and what was it the week before? Uh, Astros. Mariners, Texas, A's, Angels. So that actually was a decent amount of movement. This little week. movement, little movement, good deal. All right, so let's go into power. Let's go into the MVP of the week um, for the offensive side of things. There are a handful of of really really solid performances this week. I think in the AL alone, there were five guys from the West in the top ten of WRC plus for for like the the week that we're looking at. Um, four out of those five hit 400 or, or better. Four of those five had OVPs of 470 or higher. All those guys had multiple home runs. Um, and they were Seth Brown, which you've mentioned, Adolis Garcia, Brandon Marsh, Shohei Otani, and Christian Bethencourt. So um, guys that you've kind of already mentioned a little bit um, here or there. But it's actually the last guy that I mentioned that I'm going to give this week's MVP to, Christian Bethencourt. So <laughs> I know that you kind of dogged him a little bit. He is old. He's 30 years old, whatever. Um, but he had a slash line of 500, 500, 1167. 
Um, he had six extra base hits, three of which were home runs. He had his ex- a high for the season at exit velo of 107.9. He just had a really good week. He had a K percentage. Out of those five guys that I mentioned, he's the only guy that had a K percentage under 20%, and he was at 11%, um, but just had a really, really good week for a really, really bad team. Um, but not to disparage the other performances. You know, Shohei's, again, like you said, he's hitting the ball really well. Odolis is playing fantastic. Marsh kind of woke up a little bit after taking a couple of weeks off. Um, but Christian Bethancourt, congratulations on your first time winning the MVP award. Um, you absolutely earned it this week. So probably the only time he's ever only won. time, only time. And we could probably say that for the next five years. Um, <laughs> LVP. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, Adam Frazier. Um, you are this week's LVP. The guy yes. goes two of 21, no extra base hits. He had two RBIs and 21 plate appearances had a negative 23 WRC plus didn't strike out a lot, which, you know, I love that, but only got on base three times all week, just an absolutely abysmal performance. So Adam Fraser, congratulations, my man, you are this week's LVP. Moving hey, remember into- when I said I was uh, scared of Houston? Yeah. Yeah. They're winning. Are they winning? Yep. Kyle Tucker just hit a three run bomb. <sighs> oh my. Okay. I have it pulled up. It's showing 3-2 on my screen. Um, so they must have hit. I'll look at it in a second. It's 4-3. Okay. Oh, 4-3. Oh, jeez. Okay. MVP, pitching-wise. Um, I'm a big fan of bounce-back performances. Um, so this week's MVP goes to a guy who actually got the LVP last week. We dogged him pretty hard. Robbie Ray. Um, so he turned it around with seven strong innings against Boston, only gave up three hits, no earned runs, one walk, four, struck out four, not great there, but, um, nice ratio, but just not a ton of K's, but, um, no one really hit the ball hard against him. Uh, just a really solid performance all around. I think, you know, Christian Javier had a good performance. Um, John Gray had another good performance, I believe. Um, there were some guys that had really strong performances, but like nothing, nothing super crazy. Um, Who's the guy for uh, Oakland? Paul Blackburn. Um, he went, you know, eight strong innings. So <clears throat> a lot of that kind of stuff, just guys going deep into the games, uh, pitching really well. But Robbie Ray, after having an absolutely terrible week last week, comes out and just has a really solid start against Boston again. So I'm giving him the MVP this week. LVP, I hate to do this, but I have to give it to our boy Martin Perez goes out and just get, gets absolutely shelled in Chicago, goes five innings, faces 30 batters, gives up 12 hits, six earned runs. Get this. He hadn't given up six earned runs in his last nine starts combined. So pretty impressive in its own right. Uh, but his performance in Chicago was absolutely brutal. <laughs> I just brutal. Brutal and beautiful together. Man, I'm tired. Absolutely brutal. And quite frankly, it hurt me in fantasy. And so you've earned the LVP this week, Mr. Perez. Don't ever hurt me like that again. So there's your MVPs, LVPs of the week. Kendall, what do you have for us in the card world? Let's give our viewers, which there are thousands, maybe (laughs) millions. I'm not sure yet. I don't look at the numbers. Um, What's our card by of the week? Um, So... 
I was telling T right before we got on, I said, Hey, do you have a card buy for the week? I think I have a, um, just a guy that I'd like to talk about. I'm not saying this guy is going to be Mike Trout and I'm not saying this guy is going to be, you know, super valuable, but what I went into this week saying, okay, I'm going to look at some minor league options here. I'm going to dive into each, each of these systems. I know the Rangers system really well, but I don't know all the other systems really well. I know some of them better than others, for instance, the Mariners, but uh, there, there are other, I just wanted to dive in. So I, I literally went to Oakland and I said, I'm going to dive in. Who is one buy that I can have outside of Shay Langoliers? There was nobody. Okay. There's absolutely no one out there. No one out there that I was like, yeah, let's do that. So I was like, okay, got to move on from that. So I ended up just like, I ended up in the angel system and I'm just pitter pattering around. I know some of these prospects, uh, we've talked about them for a while. Joe Adele's up there, you know, like, okay, we're all good. And I find this guy, I find this center fielder down in the bottom. So I found a guy named Jeremiah Jackson, who is in the angel system. Um, he is 22 years old and he's a shortstop. So is it what level so, is it? So he's at double A. Um, and he's hitting 100 WRC plus. So like nothing incredible. He's at, and he's under 30% K percentage. Um, but last year or like two years ago. So if you look at his, his numbers all the way down, he had outside of his first year, he had a 164, 133, 180, 122 WRC plus he's been at above average every single level. He makes the double a jump today or uh, this year, and he's still above average. And I'm like, listen, this angels team does not have a super solid shortstop option. You know, like they, they haven't been figuring that out for a while. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go see if this guy's got a Bowman Chrome auto. And he does a 2018, by the way. So he's been in this product for a long time, which is interesting that we don't hear more about him because of what we do. So yeah. Jeremiah Jackson Bowman Chrome auto right now, most recently sold refractor auto sold for 1650 there you go so i'm just saying if you are wanting to go out there and do a little prospecting a little 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 mining why don't you go out and find some jeremiah jackson cards just to see just to see what happens i think he has a legitimate chance at some point and he's old enough to potentially get called up and i and i wonder if the angels do kind of throw it in this year like it maybe rendon gets hurt again or something and they're just like okay we we're just not who we thought we were going to be i wonder if they start calling up some more of these dudes and i wouldn't be surprised if jeremiah jackson does get a call at some point he seems to be um there's for instance in uh 2021 in december the angels prospect articles wrote jeremiah jackson can juice a baseball okay so there you go there you go what an endorsement I mean, they doesn't get much higher than that. <laughs> nope. You, you are not digging further than Jeremiah Jackson, my man. No. Hey, I just want to let you guys know that my son's 7U All-Star team went 4-0 on the weekend and won the championship. Rings, my, baby. My kid is batting 900. He went 9 for 10. <laughs> um, he did have a strikeout, which was pretty disappointing. He got grounded for two days. 10%, 10% K percent. 10% K rate's not bad. <laughs> Keep preaching that to him. 
Um, but hats off to the JCYB7U All-Star team winning their first tourney. Um, so anyway, Jeremiah Jackson, card by the week. If you can get his refractor for 16 bucks, you can probably get his base auto for about five. It's around 10. It's around 10. That's a flyer. Take it. You know, who knows? If he comes up, rakes, you know, for a couple months in the major league level, that card will jump, no doubt. So, all right. That's going to wrap up episode nine of State of the Division, ALS edition. My name is T. Wright. I'm with my co-host, Kendall McKee. We love talking ALS, and we will be back next week. Thank you, guys.